0: This audio is presented to you by Abdul Fattah Adayami. For more lectures and counseling services, visit www.abdulfattahadeyemi.com. Listen, learn, and laugh as you edit your universe. Allah, one when I talk when I would be my or the a My name is Abdul Fattah, The topic of discussion is. Your money or your life. Your money or your life sounds like question. It's a question that makes a person to feel as if somebody is trying to play games of value. To say which is more valuable to you, your money or your life. It also sounds like a statement that will be used by an armed robber who, is, um, who has put the victim at gunpoint and is asking, will you surrender your money or you want me to take to your life? or both in some instances, God forbid. So the topic is more on to us thinking deep and trying to have the ability to understand very well the place of money in our lives. And how do we balance up having good life and looking for money? How can we be sure that we don't forget to live good life in the process of looking for money? And how do we ensure that we don't spend the whole of the life looking for the money, that we don't now have any life to live to enjoy the same money that we have been gathering all the years? How can we ensure that the journey of life doesn't leave us behind with regards to the goodness of life, because we are busy looking for things to acquire the goodness of life? for some people it becomes a scam for some people it becomes um, a deception it becomes a delusion they keep running after wealth keep running after money and then sometimes they don't even get it and at the point like i said at the point of actually getting some money there's no life to enjoy it again so it becomes a loss it's a bad idea a bad trade So what is money? Many people have said this a long time. People have talked about the value and meaning of money. So many things have gone wrong because people are looking for money. Blood has been spilled. Enemies have been created. So many things have happened because people are looking for money or because people are carried away by the values that money is expected to give. And because of that, there have been so many existential questions so many thoughts about money. You know, what is the use of money itself? Why bother about money? Why not let money be and you also be? Why, why will you run after money when most of the time it is not the more you chase it that you get it? Many people chase money, they don't get money. Many people don't chase money, money comes to them. So why bother when you see that after everything you have earned and owned, you still end up having to figure out life by yourself. So, many questions like that. Let me digress to some other questions of life, apart from why worry about money? Aha. Why, why, why do towels get dirty if you only use them when you think you're already clean? Why? Why do towels still get dirty? Why do you still have to wash towels after use, after a long time? and you actually thought you were clean, you already washed, you already bathed yourself when you were using the towel, yet the towel still gets dirty. What is it that we don't understand? And somebody jokingly said, be very considerate with your towel because the part that wipe your bum bum today will clean your face tomorrow. Will wipe your face tomorrow. So be very gentle when you use towel because you know, things turn around. Then I still want to wonder, when people are buried with coffin, why do they nail the coffin? Why? When they put people in the coffin and they want to bury them, especially the way non-Muslims do a lot in some cultures. They keep a corpse in the coffin and then they still nail the person down. Why do they do that? So that he will not get up and run away? Why? Or maybe because some people bury their dead with you know, valuable things and they are afraid the grave diggers will not go back and assume and remove these things. Why? Why do they put flowers by the graveyard when they know that the dead cannot come out and smell the flowers or enjoy anything about the flowers? When that the dead may not even see the flowers and the dead may not even have any use for it. After a while, the whole flowers are swept away by human beings that are alive. Why is it that there are some things we don't know or some things nobody will explain to us? Why do we have seat belts on planes, on aeroplanes, aircraft, and we don't wear seat belts on buses? When we board on buses, we don't wear seat belts, do we? We don't. But why do we wear seat belts, you know, fasten our seat belts when we are in the aircraft? Knowing fully whether if your bus should crash into something, all the passengers will launch forward, some people may even be pushed out or thrown out, flung out of the vehicle. And if a plane should crash into something, nobody survives. So why do we wear seat belts here and we don't wear it there? Is there something that we don't really understand? And why do you get a flotation device on a plane instead of parachute? They will announce in case of so so emergency landing, this is how to wear a life jacket, you can blow it like this, and then in case there's water. Why not give us parachute instead? in case everybody needs to jump. Maybe there are some things they know that we don't know. (laughs) And let me tell you another story that is funny about human life. Um, A a man saw another man that is catching butterflies and keeping them inside a box. He will catch butterflies butterfly and keep them inside a box. Beautiful butterflies. And this man asked the other man, What is it you are doing? He said, I'm gathering beautiful butterflies. And the man said, but why are you gathering them? He said, I don't know, just so that I can have them. Is it not strange? Ask him, what do you do with butterflies? He said, I just want to keep them. You don't eat them? No, I don't eat them. You don't sell them? Say no, I don't sell them. But why? He said, I just like to keep them most of the time when humans gather things, it can be as meaningless as that sometimes. Maybe there are some things nobody told you, or some things when we were born, we were not given a manual on how to live life. So we don't really know exactly how this life works. So we do things, and at the end of it all, we come to wonder, if not regretfully, why were we doing it? We keep things and things and many thingy things around us that we gather, things on the tables, things on the floor, things we keep away behind the door, things on shelves, things on the chairs, things that are dangerously balanced here and there in our homes, including by the stairways. So many crammed things that we crammed and put together gather them together to fill our boxes, to fill our packs, to fill our bags, to fill our wardrobes, bundles everywhere you go, heaps and piles of things that are overflowing all around us. Things, all sorts of things that we gather. Things of value, things that are worthless, things that are trash, things that are preserved and yet they have gone to to smash. Things that are ancient, that we feel we keep them as treasures. Things that we just bought, we prefer the new version. Things that are common to everyone, and things that are rare for people to get. Things you actually acquire so that you throw them away some things you hope to use them someday, though you are not using them yet. So many things that are exasperating, so many things that are just amusing, so many things that are amazing, and so many things that are useless. We gather them, we pile them, we proliferate, and we fill up everywhere with things, thinking things that we acquire in one form or the other. Things that take our precious time to acquire, Things which once we acquire them, they are meant to steal our time from us. Things that hold us from this life that we are supposed to live. Things that we acquire only for them to gather dust. Things that rot. Things that rust. Things that mold and things that freeze. Things that harbor diseases. Things that mock us. Things that defy us. Things that defile us things that will stay with us till we die, things that will remain even after we have died. We have so many of these things around us that we acquire, that we gather, and we are looking for the money with which to gather these same things that are either useless or worthless in exchange of the money we are looking for so that when we get this money, we now gather these things. Things that make us look like fools sometimes. Things Allah Akbar, Allah Akbar, Things that make us question our sanity sometimes. Things that should make us to think deeply about what is the use of all of these things that we are gathering. So we gather these things together from one thing to another thing. From things to things, we use things and things use us. We acquire things and things acquire us. We eat things and things eat us. At the end of it all, the things we've gathered will survive us. They will leave long behind us. Other people will confiscate all the things we have gathered and we are buried in our graves without anything. All we seek to achieve by virtue of the wealth that we seek. But think about this also. When you see a very big mountain by the sea, the mountain only sips the sea. The mountain should not attempt to drink it all. As the waves and surfs are moving towards the mountain, the mountain is only to take few sips as the wave brings it and should be contented. Whenever you see the mountain thinking that it wants to acquire the whole of the sea, then that mountain will not be a mountain anymore. The mountain itself, is going to go under the sea itself. With the wealth and properties and monies of this world, a human is only expected to take sips just the way the mountains take sips from the sea. But when we become so glutinous and we want to acquire everything, then the main worth of what we are seeking becomes worthless. The values that we seek eventually devour us, eventually swallows us up. So there comes the delusion of money, the money that we seek. It is an illusion that with money, everything is possible. Some people believe that. In fact, many of us have the irrational and magical ideas about what money can do for us. To be sure, money can actually give us a lot of options in life. There are good things about money. Some previously closed doors may suddenly open up because there's money involved. And sometimes it takes the versatility of money that can make one of the strongest drivers of human behavior to be possible. So from a symbolic point of view, it's a remarkable invention for human beings. Money can be a source of power, can be a source of control, and can facilitate acquisition of things that will have been hitherto very difficult to acquire. Money commodifies labor into a storable form that can be exchanged easily for goods or services. And if you observe very well, money can symbolize economic security, money can symbolize status, it can symbolize a class that the person belongs to, money can symbolize power that you have, Sometimes, money can be a way of outwardly expressing your love for somebody else. It can also be a way of solidifying or expressing joy. It can also be a way of uh, furthering the symptoms of happiness to show that you are happy. And also, many people use money as a way of keeping score in the game of life. This is the opposite of it. They seem to participate in a kind of race in which the winners are those who make the most money. Some people look at this life as if money can actually buy them intangible things like happiness. And they think the more they get the money, the happier they will become. And that incidentally, money may not buy happiness, but money can make misery a little more bearable for some people. And unfortunately, all too often, playing the game of money. Exact a heavy, heavy price. If you are playing the game of money and you win, well, there are consequences. And if you lose, there are also consequences. The thing is, are you inside a game of money or not? You've heard of a game of throne before. Now is this one a game of money that you are playing? So when the acquisition and control of money becomes a person's primary goal in life, it may contribute to a host of personal and interpersonal problems the problem the person may have is um, anxiety, depression over whether you got it or you do not get it. Paranoia, suspecting everyone as if they are going to cheat you or they are not going to cheat you. Impulse spending, social isolation. Some people commit suicide after a while because of money. And some people commit murder because they are in quest of money. Allah Akbar. From the words of somebody who said money poisons you when you have got it. And many... S- and money starves you when you have not gotten it. Either way, the extreme of the other side is very difficult and very dangerous, Allah Akbar. And at a point, money becomes additive to somebody, Allah Akbar, you know, there's what we call money disorder, you know, which is often symptoms of a troubled past a person had had. All these issues manifest themselves as persistent Predictable and rigid patterns of self-destructive, money-oriented behaviors. And these affect people in their major aspect of their life. Money is a prime source of interpersonal difficulties, including marital and family strife. In most marriages that you see, money can be a common trigger of divorce and estrangement, either because money is present or because money is absent it can lead to problems in marriages. In some instances also, the presence of money, the absence of money, or the pursuit of money, or the acquisition of money has led to many aspects of infidelities that you see around. A lot of infidelity comes around now people engage in infidelity practices, men and women, when and exactly when money is involved, most of the time, you will find money behind most of this infidelity problem that people have. We may look more into that as time goes on. So when people look into their inner life and you look at your past, you need to ask yourself about your parents because their attitude to money may affect your own attitude to money now. Did our parents fight about money? Did they use money as a form of control? And um, was giving money a form of showing love during those days? Or it was just a way of showing care? Or it was just a show, a kind of responsibility discharge from the parents? The way your parents look at it may determine how you look at it too. So the pursuit of money, is it good or is it bad? When they say your money or your life? When you pursue money, do you get a life? And when you don't have money, do you have a life? The quest for money is an empty pursuit, according to some people. They believe that searching for deep meaning in money is a futile effort because you can't find any meaning in it. It is one thing to make money, it's another thing to make meaning. How can one love something that has no true existence? Currency of all kinds is just a way of exchange. Because we believe that it has value, that is why it seems to have value. If not, it's just paper that we hold. It is just like the stones that Allah has created. There are pebbles, there are gravels, and there are stones, there are coals, There are diamonds and there are golds. If somebody were to gather pebbles and start throwing them at you, what are you going to do? Throw the first one, the person throws the second one, throws another one. You keep dodging. After a while, you may pick it and throw back at that person. But what if somebody is throwing gold at you? Somebody keeps throwing gold at you. Throws the first one you thought was a mistake. You held it. You saw it was gold. The person throws the second one, you pick it up. Throw the third one, you pick it up. And the person actually actually pecking with gold. Are you going to throw it back? We are going to tell him that, okay, please keep throwing more. Why will you want more of this and you don't want any of that? Because of values. You feel that the pebbles do not have as much values as the golds have. Whereas, they are all stones, all from the earth, all like from some kind of congealed dust. Allah Akbar. So if if we are too thrifty with money, if we are too frugal with money, if we are too careful with money, if we are too prudent, if we, if we, if we are too parsimonious, if we are too miserly with money, we become attached to cash. We become attached to gold. And conversely, If we squander money, if we become spendthrift, if we become wasteful or become wastrel or extravagant, if we spend more than we earn, we wallow in debt. We suffer for it. Most people are mired in poverty. A good portion of the rest of the people are flaunting wealth that is not really there. Some people are living beyond their means for strangers that do not even care. Are we really so confused, so confounded that we put our finances on a level that we begin to worship money itself? What should money mean to us? What is there that is left of human beings? Eh? What is left of us as dignity of human being when false hope of what we want to own undermines our souls? So what is sacred, again, when materialistic fortunes are celebrated and the most basic kinds of dignity are thrown away because we are looking for money. This same money, we have seen people have it, we have seen people make it, and we have seen people lost it. We met it here when we got here. And we have seen people left it here when they left this place. So is this something you should really be too, you know, too assiduous about the pursuit of it? Can't you see those who who love money too much, they they are never able to quench their thirst for money. Because the more you have, the more you want to have more. Not realizing that cash is just a messenger of transactions. When the means of exchange becomes the center of attention, then greed that cannot feed your need. avarice, desires, they take the stage and they they consume your humanity. So let everybody look at the pursuit of an accumulation of money in the right perspective, because apart from money, accumulation of money, accumulation of power, gathering of property, and sex, these are causes of questionings in this world and the hereafter. People who succeed in this world, it is based on the way they handle these things I've mentioned. And people will be questioned in the day of judgment it depends on how they handle these things money power property and sex i don't want to say women because men are also part of what people covet in the day of judgment some people go to hellfire because of sex in the day of judgment some people go to hellfire because of property some people go to hellfire because of power some people go to hellfire because of money it is possible A person may also go to paradise because of the way he disciplines himself in all of these things we have mentioned. So money, when consumed with delight, is like a drug. Just like opium injections, cash infusions are placebos for gangrene infections. So people live and die by the money. People live for money, people die for money. And there are so many things like that, that people eventually even come to regret because of this money thing. There are these kind of persons in history. They started from humble beginnings, through hard works and luck, they become fabulously rich, they become executives. After that, the wealth begins to change them. Unfortunately, it, the, the wealth has not been changing them for the better. Money seemed to illuminate a kind of arrogant and abusive behaviors that had not surfaced before. If you want to know a person's true character, just give him money. If you want to know a person's true loyalty, just give him wealth, or give him property, or give him power. If you want to know a person's true faith, just give him the opposite sex, and then you see how the person behaved. For some of these kind of generic people, you see, they started believing that their wealth gave them the right to do whatever they wanted. And this resulted in questionable ethical behaviors. With money now, they can acquire things. With money now, they can do whatever they want to do. With money now, they can become immoral. With money, they can do infidelity. They can cheat on their spouses. But instead of assessing people by their qualities, These people will classify other people according to their wealth. They saw poor people as losers. They will begin to see poor people as people who are not intelligent. And they think the only quality a person should have is by virtue of the money he has. When you start having money or you pursue money or you acquire money to some extent, you begin to judge people by virtue of whether they have money or they don't have money. It is with money you gauge their success. It's the money you gauge their happiness. You even wonder why are they laughing? You wonder what is funny to a poor person. You think money is everything they were supposed to have. And when you see somebody who doesn't have money, you don't even respect the wisdom in that person again. You have no value for the knowledge the person has. You have no value for the morality the person has. You have no value for happiness that the person enjoys. You have no value for the communal life the person lives and the benefit the person gives to humanity. If you are not careful like this generic person I'm talking about, you begin to judge people's brilliance and intelligence by virtue of what they have in their bank account. For such people, their rising financial wealth corresponds with an equal descent into the social pitfalls of wealth. They begin to fall while they think they are rising. They begin to have lack of compassion, lack of empathy that will contribute to their social isolation eventually. They begin to follow and gather around themselves, only people like them. And people like them are quite few. They create the class, they create the bubble, they create the ring, they create the circle, that can only accommodate people like them, who have money like them, who spend money like them, who look at life like them, and who is ready to do anything for money like them. Yes, who look at life from their own perspective. Their obsessive pursuit of money turned into an addiction after a while. The more money they made, the better they seemed to feel about themselves. It seems like it gave them some temporary highs through surges of dopamine. The brain chemicals that nature rewards us with when we do things that help us survive, they have abundance of that by virtue of the money that they keep getting. But like with any other addiction, the table starts turning around on them after a while. Their constant striving for wealth and material processes increasingly make them to become unhappy. The more they get the money, the more they think they are going to be happy. And by the time they think they have gotten to where happiness is, they see that happiness has shifted forward. It's like somebody that's looking for tomorrow. By the time you get to 11.59 point so, so second, then you see that it is not tomorrow again, it has returned back to today. So you keep looking for tomorrow, keep searching for tomorrow, you keep looking for when you are going to get there. First, you begin to feel that you have arrived. But by the time you think you have arrived, you find that some people have even gone further ahead of you. Your own arrival is somebody else's departure. And then you begin to pursue them. You begin to pursue money. After a while, they find themselves alone in this large estate, surrounded only by the things they have gathered. Just like we said earlier on, things that we gather. We gather things in our closet. Things that will get to rot, things that will get to rust, things that will get to finish, things that will be using us, whereas we think we are the ones using these things. And when we continue to pursue and gather these things, we remember and realize that there are still many more things that we are yet to acquire. Anybody that likes to trek a lot, you will always meet land ahead of him. No matter how much you like to trek, you will always find that lands are still remaining ahead. By the time you go round and round, you continue to go round in circle, and lands will never finish. Allah Akbar. Allah Akbar kabira. So this is an addiction. If we let it, money itself can pull us in every direction it chooses. While we keep chasing money till the end, and in the end, we enter our graves. Al-Hakumutakathur <laughs> The quest and pursuit for more and more will continue to deceive the child of Adam. And you keep chasing it until you enter into your graves. Human beings will still come back to know, but then it will be too late. They will still come back to discover, but they will see that it is too late. They've made a lot of money, but there's no meaning attached to it. And like these generic people who labor all their lives, work all their lives, build all houses, do all sorts of things, get everything gathered together. At the end of it all, the children will grow. They will go their own way. Wives will grow. Husbands will grow. After a while, they'll be left on their own, and they'll be regretting. All the mansions and the big buildings, They cannot visit and sleep in more than one room at a time. Why is life so deceptive like this? Now, you see, what what bothers me most is that even when people see others having fallen into this pitfall, they see go ahead and pursue the same things that those people had pursued. The desires that you have, other people have that desire, and they have reached an equilibrium they have reached an extent they cannot go further only for them to sink there wait with the work you do what you want to become become level 13 become level 14 level 15 level what level 17 level 16 level 17 level 18 is anything like that level 19 level 20 level 24 then you become assistant director uh, right assistant director um, Deputy director, then director, then you become PAMSEC. Is there anything that is permanent in being a secretary? You want to be a secretary permanently throughout your life? Are you sure you really want to do that? Are you sure you really want to do that? You become permanent secretary, then after then, well, maybe somebody makes you a minister and after then. Then what again? Oh, I forgot, you became a governor, right? or from minister to governor, from governor to minister. The governorship you want to become, somebody has already did the eight-year terms 20 years ago. Somebody completed two terms, eight years, 20 years ago. And he's still alive now. Nobody is saying anything about him. And you ask him, what was life like when you were a governor? He cannot tell you what happened. It's all regret. All regret. All regret. Now, what is the highest? You become, sec- you become the president, number one citizen of your country. And after your tenure, what else will you become? You see, I'm not a nihilist. I'm not looking at things as if they don't have any value. But I'm just, I just want you to understand that what you have in your future is somebody else's past already. And so you've got to learn. That's what it is. You've got to learn. Did they get all the happiness they were looking for? At the end of achieving or attaining these levels that they were able to achieve by the permission of Almighty Allah. How do you now balance these things? You are working and you want a life. You are looking for money and you, are, you want some life for yourself. This may go a lot more to those who do normal everyday jobs, you know, you go to work nine to five kind of things or those kind of timing that people give themselves. People have talked about work balance as something that um, a state where you, live, you reach an equilibrium and you are able to prioritize the demands of your career and the demands of your personal life. You are able to prioritize, you are able to balance the two. Some of the people think they are able to do this, but it's very difficult for them to do that because there's always responsibilities at work. You have to work longer hours sometimes in order to meet some targets, in order to complete some projects, in order to conclude on some, uh, you know, or some proposals that you are writing, because you have increased responsibilities at home sometimes for a woman who is having children. Many things begin to come in place and you wonder how am I going to balance it all up? Let's see if we can learn from some of these hints that experts have given when it comes to balancing life and work. Number one, you have to accept that there's no perfect work-life balance. That's number one. You cannot be perfect about it. So don't strive to be perfect in your schedules. Just strive for realistic ways of balancing things up. Some days, you may have a lot of work to do. You may be very busy. You will have deadlines to meet up with. And some days, you are not exactly very busy like that. Some days, some things are very urgent. Some things are not urgent on some other days. So the days that you don't have tight deadlines to meet up, why not spend that time for your family? The day that some things can be put off, spend that time with your family. It's only wrong when 24-7, everything about your life is deadline, is urgent, is urgent, is urgent. Ah, I have to make this journey. Ah, I have to make this travel. Ah, I have to go for this meeting. If you continue to do that, you will be destroyed along the way. You will be demoralized along the way. But it is important for people to understand that at times your children will need you. Some other times you may need to travel for work. And sometimes you may just feel like you can choose which one you want to do. Another thing that can make you to balance looking for money and looking for life is when you find a job that you love to do. If Allah permits you or if Allah blesses you to do a job that you love, so much so that you can even do it even without being paid. But you are being paid for doing something that you love. For some people, they are working in a toxic environment, they are working for toxic persons, they are doing a job that they don't like, they don't even love it at all. If this is the case, it's time to find a new job. Work is an expected societal norm. People expect you to have a job you are doing. But if you still hate what you do, you are not going to be a happy person, plain and simple. So beware, find a job that you love. That way, it's not going to be a toil, it's not going to be a problem on you. And thirdly, it should prioritize your health. Your overall physical, emotional and mental health should be your main concern. If you struggle with anxiety or depression and you think therapy will benefit you, feed those sessions into your schedule. Go ahead and get treated. Mental health and physical health, they're very important in a person's life. And of course, if possible, don't be afraid to unplug once in a while. Don't be afraid to take leave. Don't be afraid to take some days off. Don't be afraid to press pause on your job so that you can press play on your life. If possible, so take a vacation. This is a very difficult one for people. In fact, some people go on vacation, they go with their laptops, they go with some office files, and they will have about three or four um, flash drives that they have saved documents from the office, apart from the ones that can always gather from the clouds, and they say they are going on vacation they remain locked up in their hotel rooms for 24 hours and they keep doing work and they think they are on vacation. So rather than call it vacation, just say you have made a change of office so that you work even harder than before, Allah Akbar. So make time for yourselves and your loved ones. This is non-negotiable. If you're able to do this, then it's going to be much easier for you to have time. If you don't make time, time will never create themselves. This is one thing for those who do jobs or who work in companies and places like that. You have to realize that no one at your company is going to love you or appreciate you the way your loved one would do. This is according to one uh, researcher. People cannot love you the way your wife loves you, and your boss cannot love you the way your husband loves you. So find time and ensure that you make time for yourself and your loved ones. Another thing is you should set boundaries and work hours. There should be boundaries, there should be opening time, there should be closing time. If you work in a place, there's no opening, there's no closing, then you may not have time for your life. What do you do apart from your job? So set boundaries. Set boundaries to avoid burnout. When you leave the office, avoid thinking about upcoming projects and stop answering your emails, company emails. And if it is possible, let your colleagues know that this is closing time that, sorry, I've closed. I can't attend to this now. We meet in the office tomorrow. Whether you walk away from home or at home, it's important to determine when you will walk and when you will stop walking. Otherwise, you might find yourself answering work-related emails, picking late calls at night. Somebody will just call you and say, hey, what of Susan so, so far by 11.30 p.m. You'll be like, okay, yes, this is this, is, this, is, this is the password for so and so Access it and treat it. We meet in the office tomorrow morning. By 6 a.m., they're already talking about job again. What kind of life is that? Wait, please, who lives life that way? What are you looking for? You are looking for money, this same money we are talking about? Okay, then if possible, set goals and priorities and stick to them. Set goals in your office. Once you have achieved that goal, press Pause. Set goals for your family. Go ahead and achieve the goal for your family. Press pause. Stick to them. If you cannot separate work from goal, uh, work from life, and you see that they merge, find ways of prioritizing. I will do this first before that. Allah Akbar. If you can do that, it is much better for you. And there's this thing we should understand: there is the rise of the flexible workplace. Things have changed now most places of work are now more flexible most places of work they don't have better ways of doing their works so much so that it's not as safe you go to work in by nine and you close five as regularly as routinized as your life can be try to find flexibility with your work any work that doesn't guarantee you some form of flexibility that it has to be so rigid, as to be routinized, then you should scrutinize that kind of job. Such a job may not allow you to have a life. So there are many things that a person need to bear in mind. Let me also make these other additions. In order for you to regain your balance, you have to pause and denormalize. What is it all that we're even actually doing? What am I doing? Why am I doing this job like this? What is currently causing me stress in my place of work? You have to take a step back and ask yourself this question. Why, what, what is causing unbalance in my life? What is causing dissatisfaction in my life? How are these circumstances affecting how I perform and engage even with this my job? How, am I, how, how are these jobs impacting my personal life? What am I prioritizing? what am i sacrificing and what am i sacrificing for what is getting lost and what is it that i'm gaining what am i benefiting at the end of it all how much is my salary at the end of the month how much am i actually making only after you take a mental pause and acknowledge these factors can you begin to tackle these problems itself ask yourself how much is 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 my take home is this all i can do is this Is it all I'm here to achieve? After you sold your time, you sold your youthful age in a particular piece of work, and you calculate all the salaries you make for the next 30 years you have been doing this job, and calculate it now. Is that worth all your life? And is that the value of your life truly? Be honest. Is that the value of your life? Is that all that you're supposed to get at the end of it all when you have sacrificed the best part of your life? The most useful part of your life, when you are supposed to enjoy a good life, when you can drive a new car, when you can enjoy vacation, when you can enjoy travel, you spend that same time looking for the money that you wanted to use eventually to enjoy the same good life. And by the time you want to get to that extent, they tell you you are retired. And by the time they give you that news, it becomes a bad news for you. And so you now look at it. Do you know one very serious thing about this life? It is that you cannot rewind and replay. You can't go back to yesterday. Years lost cannot be regained. The time your children are very small that you're supposed to play with them. The ch- time your daughter is very small that you are supposed to help her fix her, her toy or her doll. The time your son is very small, you are supposed to throw ball at each other. The time your children are just growing, you are supposed to teach them how to ride bicycle. The memories the children are supposed to have of you, they lack it, they don't have it. The time your children are supposed to have with you to see that, okay, when they had headache, they came back home from school. They didn't meet you, they only met the nanny, they met the house help. The house help is the one that was their first aid. You are busy at work carrying fires up and down, or getting stuck to a computer, looking at figures and things that are none of your business doing things that do not contribute anything to your life. The time when your son needs somebody to talk to, when he was bullied at school, the time when your daughter needs somebody to confide in, when she suddenly saw something that is surprising to her, no matter how childish these children are, do you think they don't remember whether you were there or not? Where were you? Where were you when your children needed your attention? you are busy looking for the money that you never even got in the first place. So why don't you press a pause and think about it and then begin to pay attention to your emotions? This work that I do, this money that I seek, do I feel energized? Do I feel fulfilled? Even at the end of the month when I receive my pay, do I feel satisfied? Or do I feel angry? Or I feel resentful? I feel sad that I have to struggle to pay school fees every time, even though I'm working hard. Don't you feel sad that you have to struggle every year to pay rent? the, The life you are looking for, you can't get it. And yet you are not ready to think and wonder, is this how life is going to pass me by? So when they ask you your money or your life, you have to understand very well, One, rest, you have to understand that what do, I, what do I gain after it all? You feel resentful, you feel bitter that something that fundamentally isn't that important to the essence of life is stripping valuable time and minutes away from you. It's accentuated even more when you see someone who has lost their life or someone who has been told this, There's how much time remains on their clock when you hear that a colleague is dead, when you have to pay condolence to a colleague that you started work together, when you have to do obituary for one of your colleagues that is also as hardworking as you. you, Doesn't that make you to think again? That, okay, what if it is me? This person just died. We have been working together and then this person is no more. What if it is you? What do you have? What can even your children inherit? Can they carry on from there after you die? Now, the little attention you are supposed to give to your family, you still don't give them because of this same wealth you are looking for. I'm not saying it is wrong for somebody to look for wealth, but I just want us to understand that you do not look for wealth at the expense of your life, And the expense of the people around you, at the expense of the families that are around you. Consider your alternatives. Consider your alternatives. What are the other things I can do so that life can be a lot much better for me? You have to also implement changes in your life. Once you discover that things are not going the way you want it, try to find ways of changing. It's not all about getting this money. Happiness, seeing the smile on the faces of your children. Many people get home when the children are already asleep. You'll get home 10, in the night, 10 p.m., 11 p.m. sometimes. Some people get home 12 midnight, and by 6 a.m., they are out again. Their children hardly see them, their children hardly know them. SubhanAllah, what kind of life is this? And because of this, this, Allah Akbar, looking for life, looking for money, not having time for each other, husband and wife, they get estranged from each other they spend more wakeful hours with other people outside than they spend with themselves in the house. The total number of hours, wakeful hours that some couples spend may not be more than, okay, let's say two hours in the morning. And by those two hours in the morning, everybody is struggling and getting ready, dressing to go to work. And then when they come back late in the evening, they only have, let's say, seven, eight, nine, ten, three 10, three or four wakeful hours in the night. The rest of the night, they spend it asleep because they're already tired and exhausted. The time they have in wakeful and active time, they spend it in their offices, in the company of other men, in the company of other women. Now, you now see where infidelity comes from now. Infidelity comes from the fact that the people who are your acquaintances, they become friendly with you. The people who you spend most of your wakeful hours with, you start developing interest in them. And after a while, the person you are supposed to truly love and be attached to, you are only just like roommates. And as a result of that, there's no much communication. Couples even hardly know each other. Couples don't keep each other as confident, because when you have a problem, it's somebody else you are meeting in your place of work to discuss with. Friends of the opposite sex are already there to give you a listening ear. And at the end of it all, affections begin to develop, don't you see how we like people who care for us? Affections start and many more things start coming in. Now imagine couples who live their lives year in, year out, year in, year out like that. They become estranged, even weekends, they don't spend weekends together. You want to do something in the office, want to quickly keep pick something somewhere, they don't have time at the, a at the point they are not even used to spending time together again. No wonder there were so much quarrels and fights those days of COVID-19 lockdown. No wonder there was a lot of enmity and estrangement, a lot of suspicion, a lot of paranoia. Paranoia set in because they were looking at each other and confronting each other for the first time after many years of marriage. So many secrets began to open. So many secret lovers were discovered. And so many more dirty things began to be opened. And these then couples began to reconcile to see that it seems we are not even meant to be together in the first place. Hmm, Allah Akbar Kabira. Think about it now. So what is this work we are doing? The husband and wife, we don't know each other. We don't spend time together. We don't even go out again together. We are just busy looking for money, looking for money. And with all this money we are looking for, what have we achieved? Now, they say if you cannot go forward, at least you know where you are coming from. If there's no way forward, then you should know the way backwards. Retrace your steps and begin to rearrange your life. Is it after retirement, when both of you cannot do anything, is it only then you begin to travel, husband and wife, I'm asking you, husband and wife, after retirement, when there are no energies anymore, when you cannot enjoy anything anymore, when you cannot do travel, some people say they are going on vacation after retirement, they will travel to where they are going, they will sleep throughout because they don't have energy to do things anymore. Please think about this now. May Allah make it easy for us. Now, let's do this deep thinking, then we can begin to wrap it up. When do you feel most alive? When you are at work or when you are with your spouse? When do you feel most energized? When you are at the office or when you are at home? If you could tell your younger self one thing about money, what will it be? Don't forget, don't forget that there's a part of you in the past that is supposed to be proud of who you have become now. You want me to say it again? There's a part of you in the past that is supposed to be proud of who you have become now. Is your past child proud of who you are now? If you go back to when you were 15 years old or when you were just 20, is your life then going to be proud of who you have become now? Is this who you ever dreamt you wanted to be? Is it what you have ever dreamt you want life to be for you? The single years that you had, what dreams did you have then? And compared to what you're actually living now, now that you're even married, do they tally? Is this your own definition of good life? Are you actually living the life? How would your life change if the internet doesn't exist? Have you asked yourself, what would your life be if there is no telephone, but it's only you and your wife? What would your life be if there's no TV, but you only watch each other as husband and wife? If there's no Netflix, if there's no Snowflakes or Showmax or whatever thing? What is life going to be like? How would your life be if you don't have any money at all? Have you asked yourself, will you still be happy? Will you still have a life? And how will your life be if you don't have a paid job? If you don't have any money at all, will people still respect you? Or will you still consider yourself to be of any value in the society? What are the things that money cannot buy? There are many things. Money cannot buy love. Understand that very well. Money cannot buy love. Don't think once you make a lot of money, husband and wife you begin to love each other more. It's a it's, scam. It's well, Most most instances, if you didn't love each other before, when money comes, that's when you don't even love each other again at all. Money is just a part of a whole. It's not everything on its own. Money cannot buy true friends. Money cannot buy good wife. And money cannot buy good husband. I want you to understand that very well. For you to, start to not, not to keep thinking that, okay, you know, I have to work hard. If I don't work hard, my wife will not be obedient or my husband will be misbehaving. Uh, no, no, it's a scam. Money cannot buy family for you. If in the quest of money, you have lost your family, if in the quest of money, you've lost good time with your family, you can never regain it back, no matter how rich you later become. Money cannot buy wisdom because... Knowledge. Wisdom is the mother of knowledge. And if you don't have knowledge, you cannot have wisdom. Wisdom comes from experience, and there's no money you can use in buying experience. Money cannot buy you happiness. Money cannot buy you health. Money can promote health. You can go to the hospital if you are sick. But if you are going to be sick, money can. There are, there are some extent and some instances where even money itself will be ashamed where money itself will become useless and worthless. If you spoil your health now because you are looking for money, by the time you eventually get the money, you cannot get your health back. Money cannot guarantee you long life. So pause now and begin to live good life. Don't wait till when the money comes before you enjoy good life, because life is very short. Many people have died, even as we speak now. If you go to any of the mortuaries or you go to any of the burial grounds, you see they are busy there. There are people that have been taken there. A particular guy in the mortuary, he, 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 a cemetery, he mentioned that, you know, sometimes he used to dig the graves in the morning, awaiting those that will come. And he told me that he has never been disappointed. He has never been disappointed. In fact, rather, he would say, have to dig more. So, if you call the burial ground now and you say, please. A person, a corpse is being brought. You will say, yes, you can come along because he already prepared the place ready. Now, if you think about that, will you, because of money, now press pause on your life? What I'm saying is enjoy life now. Enjoy life. Enjoy life. Try what you can and enjoy life. The people that you spend time with, the people that you spend life with are the ones you enjoy life with. I'm not talking about people you are busy looking for money up or down together with. Money cannot buy time. Incidentally, Allah has given 24 hours to all of us. Whatever thing you do, you don't get more than 24 hours. There's nothing like you spend 24 hours to look for money and you spend another three hours extra to enjoy money. There's no 27 hours. It's still the same 24 hours. Whatever thing you like, do with it. If you have wealth and you don't have health, your time is going to be worthless for you. Money cannot buy respect. It is reciprocal, but somehow it's a currency that you cannot convert to money. Somebody thinks because he has money, people should respect him. After a while, when they see that you are not spending the money, they withdraw their respect. You know now, you can boast and say, do you know how much, do you know where I am? Do you know how much I have in my account? Do you know how much I have in all currencies? Yeah, people can hear that and begin to say yes or yes ma for you. But the moment they realize that you are not spending it for them, they withdraw that respect and will tell you to go to hell with your money that is not useful for anyone. Subhanallah. Money cannot buy character. Money cannot buy confidence. Character, if you're a good person, you're a good person. It's not because you now have money, you now automatically become. If you are a bad person before money comes, you will still continue to be bad. Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> you're not badder. Thank you for that English. Woo! <laughs> yes, money cannot buy confidence. Money cannot buy beauty. You can maintain it if you have money, but if you are not beautiful, you are not, you are not beautiful. So if you like, think you are looking for money just to, keep, just to become beautiful. If you don't have, you don't have it. Just manage what you have and enjoy life first before you bother whether you look beautiful or not. Sense of humor, trust, talent. Money cannot buy these things. Money cannot buy purpose. If you don't have a goal in life, you don't don't have it. Money cannot buy satisfaction. If not, all the rich people will be satisfied with everything they have. Money cannot buy empathy. If not, all rich people will be kind towards others. And money cannot buy peace. You have to work for it. You have to earn it, but you cannot use money to buy it. If you cannot have it, you cannot have it. Why do people employ sophisticated security systems if money can buy peace? Why not with all the money they have, nobody will bother them? Rather, they invite more wahala to themselves. They invite more trouble to themselves. Uh Uh-uh. Because they want to have peace when they go to bed, but even with all of that, peace has never been received in exchange for money. It comes as a result of a clear conscience and a good heart. That's how you can get peace. Not because, if, when you have plenty of money, it is even then you become restless. Money cannot buy a good name. If you don't have good character, if you don't do what is good, then your name will not be good for you. And let me wrap it up with this hadith of the Prophet Sallallahu mm-hmm. The Prophet said, the son of Adam keeps saying, my wealth, my wealth, Mali, Mali. My wealth, my wealth, and the prophet said, "O son of Adam, is there anything as your belonging except what you consume? Does anything belong to you apart from what you eat? Does anything belong to you apart from what you utilised or which you wore and then it was worn out or you gave as charity and sent it forward? What is this mali, mali, my wealth, my wealth that you are shouting about? Something that is not really yours." Anas bin Malik reported that the Prophet of Allah said there are three things that will follow the dead person to the grave. Two of them will come back home and one of them will remain with the person. The members of the family and his wealth, they are the ones that will come back home. But his good deed is the only one that will stay with him. Even if they bury you with your wealth, some people will go at night and they zoom you and they will remove this wealth. They will not allow you to rest in peace the assuming of of these ahadith of the prophet that keeps telling us that we should ensure that we take care of our lives before the hereafter comes take care of your life before death comes and don't allow wealth and the riches of this dunya that you are looking for derail you from almighty Allah Allah says "O oh, you believe Spend of the things that Allah has made you to be the khalif of on earth. Spend of the good things that you have got. And whatever thing you do, go out of your way. Do not lose or mismanage your life because you are trying to get money. You should fear all Allah in whichever one you do. The cut and short of what we are saying is, when they say your money or your life, you can have both if you know how to balance things up. You can have both if you know how to prioritize things. You can have both if you understand how money works. You can have both if you know how to make life to be user-friendly. If you can work on this, then it's not going to be your money or your life, it's going to be your money and your life. It's going to be your money and your life, not your money or your life. And if you are to prioritize which of them should be much, much important to you. Your life comes first. It is when you are alive that you look for money. It is when you are healthy that you enjoy your money. It's when you have life that you even work for money, or spend money, or use money to buy paradise from Almighty Allah. If you can play this game of life very well, you are going to discover that you are going to be blessed in this world. You are also going to be blessed in the hereafter. And what people will say about you when you have gone is not how much money you have, but what good deeds did you do with that money. And that's the essence of life. So in other words, make money and make meaning at the same time. May Allah make it easy for all of us and continue to guide us right in all we do. May Allah forgive us and ease our task and provide the best for us and give us al-barika. Abundance of blessings in everything Allah has provided for us. اقول قولي هذا واستغفر لي ولكم واجمع جميعا والسلام عليكم ورحمه الله تعالى وبركاته <تصفيق>